is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Another action jam-packed show. Today is Tuesday, January the 24th. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys no sports. The NFL divisional round playoffs has came and went. So many great matchups this past weekend. I'm going to get into here shortly. It was a great weekend. Most people think this is the best weekend in, in sports in the NFL. So it's, it's some it's some great matchups I'm gonna get into here shortly. Call to the show 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. Which matchup did you enjoy the most on divisional round playoff weekend? Which which matchup did you enjoy the most? Call to the show. Let 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 me know which matchup you enjoyed the most. So many big time matchups in the NFL. Call to the show. Let's get into these NFL. Playoffs, it's the divisional round, NFL playoff round. Let's talk about the matchup between the Bengals and the Bills on Sunday afternoon in Buffalo. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills 27-10 to for the Bengals. Joe Burrow was sensational. He went 23 of 36. He threw for 242 passing yards, two touchdowns in the game. Joe Mixon had a great game. He had 20 carries, 105 rushing yards, one touchdown. For the Bills, Josh Allen, he went 25 of 42. He threw for 265 passing yards, one interception in this game. So my overall takeaway from this game was this game was not decided Sunday afternoon in Buffalo. No, 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 no. It wasn't decided Sunday afternoon in Buffalo. I want to go back to last year in the playoffs, and I'm going to specific dates at this point. I want to go back to January 23rd, 2022. The Chiefs beat the Bills in Arrowhead. 42 to 36. Josh Allen played sensational in that game. He had like four touchdowns. Gabriel Davis had four touchdown receptions in that game. And the game went to overtime. And the Buffalo Bills lost that game. And the Chiefs won, won that game. But the Bills had an opportunity to win that game in regulation. And they couldn't keep the Chiefs out of field goal range. In 13 seconds. So you fast forward to a week later, January 30th in Kansas City. The Bengals beat the Chiefs 
in the AFC Championship game, 27 to 24. And the Bengals go on to the Super Bowl. They lost to Aaron Donald and the L.A. Rams. But they were competitive in that game. And if it wasn't for Aaron Donald, the Cincinnati Bengals would have won their first Super Bowl in franchise history. So before we entered the 2022 season, everyone did their preseason predictions for MVP, for who's going to be in the Super Bowl. And all I heard during the offseason was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. That's all I heard. All I heard was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And I was thinking during the offseason, this past offseason, I was thinking to myself, the Bills are getting more credit for losing to the Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs than the Bengals are getting credit for beating the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and advancing to the Super Bowl. I'm going to say it again for everyone in the back. The Buffalo Bills got more credit for losing in the divisional round playoff game against the Chiefs than the Bengals got for beating the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and advancing to the Super Bowl. So when everyone did their preseason predictions and who was going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I heard Buffalo Bills over the Cincinnati Bengals. I heard the Buffalo Bills more than I heard the Cincinnati Bengals as if Buffalo beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, not Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I was appalled. I ain't a Bengal fan, but I live here in Cincinnati, and I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? And then everyone talked about, okay, who's going to win NFL MVP this year? I didn't hear Joe Burrow. I heard Josh Allen. Everyone talked about, oh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, despite Joe Burrow previously beating Patrick Mahomes twice the previous season. Twice. I heard Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And I just felt like the Bengals and Joe Burrow felt disrespected. So we fast forward to the regular season. And the Bengals and the Bills played down at Paycar Stadium. It was week 17. And we had tragic circumstances surrounding DeMar Hamlin. And after that, the NFL had to make some adjustments because that game that was going to be played between the Bills and Bengals in week 17, that game was going to determine where the divisional round playoff game was going to be played, whether it's going to be in Buffalo or Cincinnati. So the NFL decided that they were going to hold a neutral site for an AFC championship game with the Bills and the Chiefs. But the Bengals had a chance at the number one seed had they beaten 
the Bills in week 17 and won in week 18 against the Ravens. But the NFL didn't give the Bengals a chance to secure the number one seed. What the NFL did was the NFL robbed the Bengals of that opportunity. And instead, the NFL forced the Bengals to have to play in week 18 against the Ravens because the Bengals had won the AFC North. They had won the AFC North outright. So how in the hell, if I win my division, do I have to go on the road if I lose in week 18? They had a, if the Ravens would have won in week 18 against the Bengals, they were going to do a coin flip for where the wild card game would have been played the following week. So despite the Bengals winning the AFC North, if they lost the coin flip, they would have had to travel to Baltimore and play the Ravens and Lamar Jackson if he would have came back and played in Baltimore. So the Bengals felt disrespected because of that as well. So I believe there were three motivating factors as to why the Bengals dominated the Bills the way that they did. They were already motivated going into this football game. And I'm going to get to the X's and O's of the game here shortly. But the fact that the narrative after the season and into the offseason was the Buffalo Bills are the favorites in the AFC to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl instead of being the Bengals, despite the Bengals winning the AFC last year. And Josh Allen is better than Joe Burrow, despite Joe Burrow having a better season last year than Josh Allen. Let's look at the numbers, shall we? Josh Allen last year, he has 36 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 4,407 passing yards. He completed 63% of his passes. Joe Burrow last year, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,611 passing yards. He completed 70 of his passes that was a league best so Joe Burrow had a higher completion percentage than Josh Allen did last year Joe Burrow threw less interceptions last season than Josh Allen did as well let's fast forward to this season shall we Josh Allen 35 touchdowns 14 interceptions 4,283 passing yards he completed 63% of his passes. Joe Burrow this year, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 4,475 passing yards, completing 68% of his passes. The second consecutive season where Joe Burrow had a higher completion percentage than Josh Allen and Joe Burrow had less turnovers than Josh Allen had. So the whole narrative of Josh Allen being better than Joe Burrow, it's over. It's over. And the narrative of the Buffalo Bills being the second best team in the AFC or the biggest threats to the Chiefs, that's over as well because that's the Cincinnati Bengals. So 
I ain't even got to the X's and O's yet of this game. I'm just talking about the things that I thought about as I prepared for the week, thinking about, okay, who's going to win this game between the Bengals and the Bills playoff matchup in the divisional round? I'm thinking about how the Bengals were motivated before we even got to what happened Sunday. Joe Burrow was motivated because he heard all the naysayers and all the media personalities talking about how Josh Allen was better than him. Now, I said coming into the postseason, they were on the same level. If you want to say Joe Burrow and Josh Allen is on the same level, I'm okay with that. But don't say that Josh Allen is better than Joe Burrow is. Because Joe Burrow did something that Josh Allen was unable to do. And that's beat Patrick Mahomes three times in a row and also lead his team to a Super Bowl. So I, I felt like the Bengals felt disrespected by the NFL. They felt disrespected when the NFL made their decision to sell pre-sale tickets to the AFC Championship game with the Bills and the Chiefs in Atlanta. And I don't blame Joe Burrow after the game. In his immediate aftermath of the game, Joe Burrow said, you might better start selling those refunds. I don't blame him. They were all motivated. I'm going to get to the X's, X's and O's after the commercial break, but I think there were three deciding factors why the Bengals beat the, Bengals, the, B, the Bills with the way they did, and it's including Joe Burrow being motivated because he heard Josh Allen being better than him. It's the all the media people saying that the Bills were the preseason favorite to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and it was the NFL shafting out the Cincinnati Bengals in the, after the tragic events that happened to DeMar Hamlin. I thought the Bengals got completely robbed of an opportunity to have this past game be played in Cincinnati. I'll be back, and I'm going to talk some X's and O's here in a bit. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow Wise Guys. Instagram with These Guys Know Sports. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Let's get into the X's and O's of this Bengals-Bills game. Here is Zach Taylor after the Bengals 27 to 10 win over the Bills. Check it out. We had our mindset to go play in Kansas City and, and uh, it, 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 is, it is tough because they they have to formulate the plans for coin tosses and they got to formulate the plans for neutral side games and we just keep screwing it up for everybody and I hate that for, for people that have to endure all those logistical issues and then uh, we just keep screwing it up. So I'm sorry. That was Zach Taylor in the immediate aftermath of the Bengals dominant performance over the Buffalo Bills. Bengals beat the Bills 27 to 10 in Buffalo. And in the last segment, I talked about the motivating factors for the Bengals going into the matchup against the Bills. Let's talk about the X's and O's in this game. The Cincinnati Bengals were the better team significantly 
Sunday afternoon in Buffalo. In every phase of the game, the Bengals dominated the Bills. You look at the statistics in this game, the Bengals had 30 first downs. The Bills had 18 first downs. The Bengals on third down plays went 6 of 10. The Bills went 4 of 12. The Bengals won the game in the trenches. Remember all that talk all week last week, including for myself, because I did doubt the Bengals offensive line missing Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams, and Lyle Collins. But the Bengals offensive line dominated the Bills defensive line. I, I mean, it was a complete beatdown in Buffalo. They should be arrested for how bad they embarrassed that Bills defensive line. The Bengals had 172 rushing yards in this game. I thought Joe Mixon played his best game of the season when it comes to the significance of the game. He had a great game in the regular season against the Panthers, but that game didn't matter because it was the Panthers. I thought Joe Mixon played the best game of the season for himself. He had a sensational performance. Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 105 rushing yards, averaging over five yards per carry. The Bengals averaged like six yards per play in this game. And then I thought defensively, the Bengals also dominated the game. I thought they did a great job against Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, and they held Josh Allen to only 10 points in his house. I can't say enough about the job that defensive coordinator Lou Adamaral done in this, in this game. He was sensational in this game, and that Bengals defense, they big time. The Bengals defense is big time. Trey Hitcherson, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, linebacker Logan Wilson in the secondary. They got Eli Apple. They got Bell. They got Bates. They got Pratt as well at linebacker. This Bengals defense is arguably the best defense that's remaining in the AFC. Because I don't believe – I know the Chiefs defense did pretty good against the Jaguars, and I'm going to get to them here in a bit, but the Bengals' defense is better than the Bills' defense has been all year. They're better than the Chiefs' defense overall, and they showed it in this game. They were sensational. And for Joe Burrow, I can't say enough about the job that Joe Burrow has done since he's been the franchise quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the Bengals franchise before Joe Burrow. They had five playoff wins, two AFC championship appearances in 52 years. With Joe Burrow, the Bengals had five playoff wins, two AFC championship game appearances in three years. So Joe Burrow has completely changed the Cincinnati Bengals organization. He is a organizational changer. They got that draft pick, 
correct when they drafted Joe Burrow out of LSU because Joe Burrow is a winner and Joe Burrow plays big in big games. Let's quit with all the Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. They are on the same level as Joe Burrow. No, it's over. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Joe Burrow. And then it's everyone else. Because Joe Burrow has proven over the last two years that he plays big in big moments. And he has beaten Patrick Mahomes all three times they have faced off against each other in their careers. So I, I believe that you look all across the board in this game, the Bengals completely dominated the overall football game. Bengals, 412 total yards of offense. Bills, 325 total yards of offense. And for the Buffalo Bills, at some point, you have to establish a running game. They had 19 rush attempts in this game. Josh Allen had eight of those 19 rush attempts. Like, I look at the Buffalo Bills overall, and I look at their team, like, they don't, like, even look at the defensive side of the ball. Defensively, they don't have a Nick Bosa. They don't have a big play Darius Slay. They don't have a Trey Henderson or a Logan Wilson. Like, I look at the Bills defensively, and it's like, who do they have defensively who can make plays besides Milano, their linebacker? Like, that's my biggest issue with the Bills. The Bills losing Von Miller was probably the biggest loss from a team that's competing for a Super Bowl and that's trying to contend. Like, out of all the, you know, teams that lose players due to injuries, that Von Miller impact that he would have had for this Bills defense is significant. And it's something that we cannot forget about. Because I believe Von Miller, had he played in this game, he could have possibly made us an impact. I'm not saying that the, I still think the Bills would have beaten the Bills. Okay? But I believe that Joe Burrow would have gotten sacked maybe one or two times at least. I mean, in this game, did the Bills even sack Joe Burrow at all? Okay, the Bills got one sack. Maybe Von Miller would have gotten two sacks by himself. But I just look at the Bills. I think the Bills are going backwards. They are going backwards. They lost a few years ago in the AFC Championship games to Patrick Mahomes. They lost last year in the divisional round to Patrick Mahomes. And this year, they got beat that Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals again. I think right now it's the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, and everyone else is below those two teams. The best two teams are playing in the AFC Sunday afternoon in Arrowhead. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to discuss the 49ers win over the Dallas Cowboys here in a bit. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. They're on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Any particular topic that you want to discuss on the show tonight, we can talk about it on the show, and we can discuss it. It was a great divisional round of the playoffs. This is the best weekend in the NFL. I want to answer some of these questions real quick. My cousin's on here, Rayshon Ellison. You don't think none of these NFC teams have a chance to win it all? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to clarify what I said. I said that the best two teams in the AFC are playing for the AFC championship and the right to go to the Super Bowl to represent the AFC this year. The Bengals and the Chiefs are the best two teams in the AFC. And then it's everyone else. Jags, Bills, Chargers, they all are below the Bengals and the Chiefs. And all those quarterbacks are below Burrow and Mahomes. I want to be very, very clear about what I'm saying. I believe, too, I want to say this before I get to the the 49ers Cowboys recap. I believe the Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles, these are the four best teams in the NFL. There is no underdog. There's no Cinderella this year. There, this is Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas from a college basketball analogy. Okay, that's, if that's what we got in the Final Four, that's what this is. These All four of these teams could win the Super Bowl. All four of them could easily win the Super Bowl. So there ain't no underdog in, in, in the conference championship games this weekend. None. All four of these teams are great football teams. I think in the AFC, Burrow and Mahomes are the cream of the crop and the elite quarterbacks playing. But I believe in the NFC, we got two great football teams. Now, Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts both have to prove themselves in the playoffs. The 49ers and the Eagles are two great football teams. Top to bottom, they have two of the most complete rosters in the NFL. This year, we, we, we got some heavyweights in the conference championship games in the AFC and in the NFC. Let's transition to the NFC, and let's talk about the 49ers. As the 49ers beat the Cowboys 19-12 for the Cowboys, Prescott went 23 of 37. He threw for 206 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. CeeDee Lamb had a great performance. He had 10 receptions, 117 receiving yards. For the 49ers, Purdy went 19 of 29. He threw for 214 passing yards. And here is the 49ers after the game. Against the team and just watching them all week, we, we had a feeling it was going to be this type of game. And that's why we were stressing the run game on both sides and stressing to protect the ball and try to get turnovers. And we accomplished both of those things. And you do that stuff, you still got to make a number of plays. And, and you saw how many George made today. And um, those awesome. 
it's tough to do those without the quarterback. So he made some big time plays too. Just disappointed, as I said. I mean, guys that that played their asses off defense, who gave us an opportunity to win this game, who, who played their, who played hard against a really, really good offense, a really good team, and um, for us to only put up the points that we did, that that's unacceptable. And it starts with me, and um, I, I've got to be better. I mean, that's no, no other way to sugarcoat it. That's pretty cool to you know see the clock at zero, and then you see like the Niners over the Cowboys. That's pretty sweet in in the in the playoffs. So. Um, Definitely, you know, credit to the coaching staff and getting us right all all week. Um, you know, defense, offense, special teams, everyone just playing. You know, it, it's t it takes everybody, not just one person or a couple guys. It literally takes everybody. So I'm just so proud of the team. And, um, you know, playoff football is not easy. So to go and to pull off a win like that against a great team like Dallas, NFC Championship, it means a lot to us. And, and for myself, you know, when I take a step back, it's, it's pretty cool. Very thankful. That was the 49ers and the Cowboys in the immediate aftermath of the 49ers 19 to 12 win over the Dallas Cowboys Sunday evening in San Francisco. So my biggest takeaway from this game was it's one reason why the Dallas Cowboys lost this game. Because I look at what the Cowboys were able to do defensively. Defensively, I thought the Dallas Cowboys played sensational. Defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and his unit, they were sensational in this game. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, he had an opportunity at an interception in this game. He dropped a potential interception that could have kept the 49ers out of the end zone. But I thought defensively, the Cowboys played great. Coming into this game, and overall in the regular season, the 49ers, they were averaging 33 points per game. That's how great the 49ers' offense is. This offense has Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, George Kittle at tight end. They got Brandon Ayuk at receiver. They got Debo Samuel at receiver as well. And they got Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches and a play callers in the NFL, and the Dallas Cowboys held that 49ers elite offense to under 20 points. They also were able to hold the 49ers to under 120 rushing yards for the game. And despite the 49ers dominating winning time of possession, 32 to 27, the Cowboys defense showed up. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence, Van Der Esch. They showed up in this game. The reason why the Dallas Cowboys lost this game, it was because of one man and one man only. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, March 8th of 2021. Dak Prescott agreed to a new contract with the Dallas Cowboys. It was a four-year $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. And in these type of games, you need your quarterback, who is your franchise quarterback, to elevate his game and play better than the opposing team's quarterback. We've seen the greats have moments 
in the playoffs. We've seen it from Aaron Rodgers. We've seen it from Brett Favre. We've seen it from Peyton Manning. We've seen it from Drew Brees. We've seen it from Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Who we haven't seen it from is Dak Prescott. The Dallas Cowboys defensively, they did everything they possibly could to help their team win this football game. And Dak Prescott couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. That He didn't even have to play great. He didn't even have to play good. He just didn't have to mess it up. And right on cue, right on schedule, Dak Prescott, Mr. $160 million man, could not get it done for the Dallas Cowboys once again in the postseason. The two interceptions were inexcusable. They were inexcusable. The first interception he threw, it gave the 49ers the football inside the Cowboys' 20-yard line. Three points right there. That was the first interception that he threw. The second interception that he threw was a terrible pass to C.D. Lamb. It was a terrible throw. And Fred Warner intercepts the football, and the Cowboys were in a position to get points on that drive. That's, a, that's six points right there. That's six points right there that the Cowboys could have had. But the other interception, the first one, gave the 49ers points, and the second interception cost the Cowboys an opportunity to score points. In a game like this, where it's hard to score touchdowns, you can't turn the football over. Brock Purdy in this game, he wasn't great. Brock Purdy goes 19 of 29, 214 passing yards. But guess what? Brock Purdy didn't turn the football over. He didn't turn the football over at all. Dak Prescott couldn't even play Brock Purdy when the Cowboys needed him the most. Couldn't even play Brock Purdy. Couldn't even play out him. Couldn't even outplay Brock Purdy. At some point, the Dallas Cowboys, they have to come to the realization that we're never going to win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. And they have to get on the phone. They have to get on the phone and make a call for the elite quarterback. I look at the divisional round of the playoffs. I look at all the quarterbacks that were remaining. Eagles had Jalen Hurts. The 49ers, they had Brock Purdy, who has played very, very well since Jimmy Garoppolo went down with his injury. And then you look at the AFC. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, it is a quarterback's league. And if you don't have a duel at the position, you're not going to compete for Super Bowls. Don't blame this loss on Mike McCarthy. I got to give him, I got I to come to the defense of my former coach that previously coached in Green Bay tonight. Don't blame Mike McCarthy for this loss. This loss was on Dak Prescott. That's the reason why the Cowboys gave him all that money two years ago. Don't blame this on Mike McCarthy. Don't blame this loss on Kellen Moore. Blame it on Dak Prescott. He's the reason why the Cowboys are going home and not advancing to their first conference championship since the 90s. It's Dak Prescott. 
Yes, Dak Prescott's better than Tony Romo, but that ain't saying much. That ain't saying much. Once the Cowboys lost Tony Pollard, the entire offense wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. He needs an elite rushing attack to be effective. Dak Prescott is not the type of quarterback who can put you on his shoulders and carry you in playoff games. That's not who he is. We have so much evidence that we've seen in previous years to show us this. And I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Dak Prescott is more closer to Kirk Cousins than he is of a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert. We ain't even going to talk about Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. He's more closer to a Kirk Cousins. It's who he is. I thought the Cowboys defensively played well enough to win this game. But overall, I got to give credit to the 49ers as well. I've been saying all season long that the 49ers have the most complete team in the NFC. I mean, defensively led by defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. They got Nick Bosa up front. They got Ari Armstead. At linebacker, they got Fred Warner. They got Greenlaw. And by the way, Prescott almost threw a pick six on a second-to-last possession from the Cowboys. He almost threw a pick six to Greenlaw. Go look at it. Greenlaw just dropped the potential game-sealing interception, and instead of being 19-12, the game would have been 26-12. But they got Greenlaw, they got Hufanga in the secondary. The 49ers are loaded defensively, and they are a force to be reckoned with. This particular game, the 49ers didn't even play their best. I thought the 49ers left some plays out there on the field. They really, really did. I mean, statistically, Debo, four receptions, 45 receiving yards. George Kittle had that great catch where he tipped the ball up to himself two or three times, five receptions, 95 receiving yards. McCaffrey, 10 carries, 35 rushing yards, one touchdown. I didn't think the 49ers played their best football, and they still were able to beat Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. You look at the worst interception percentage in a single season, the last five seasons. Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Buccaneers, 2018, 4.9 percentage. Jameis Winston for the Buccaneers, 4.8 interception percentage in 2019. In 2019 as well, Baker Mayfield, for the Browns had 3.9 interception percentage. Dak Prescott this year had 3.8 and worse interception percentage in a single season. It's the worst by a Cowboys quarterback since Tony Romo in the 2006 season. Now you look at Dak Prescott next year and his remaining contract. Next year, his cap hit is $49.1 million. He's guaranteed $31 million next year. In 2024, his cap hit is $52.1 million. His guaranteed money is zero in 2024. If I'm Stephen Jones, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm getting on the phone and I'm seriously considering trading Dak Prescott and seeing if I can get my hands on the elite quarterback. CeeDee Lamb was great in this game. 10 receptions, 117 receiving yards. He proved that he could be a number one receiver 
for the Cowboys. It was Dak Prescott who could not get the job done for the Cowboys. One more thing. After the game against the 49ers, this was on the Dallas Cowboys Twitter. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers. In a matchup, the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't, again, generate self-inflicted wounds. This was on the Dallas Cowboys Twitter page, a tweet from their Twitter. We know Jerry Jones gave the authorization for that tweet to be tweeted. We know it. There ain't no way in hell someone in the social media department tweeted that in the Dallas Cowboys social media department without the authorization from Jerry Jones. So even Jerry Jones is getting sick and tired of losing in the playoffs and not reaching the conference championship. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And we should have followed Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming at the break, I'm going to discuss the Kansas City Chiefs win over the Jaguars. I'll be right back. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Any particular discussion or topic that you want to discuss tonight on the show about the divisional round of the playoffs. Gone to the show. We could talk about it for sure. It was a great weekend of football. This, this is the best weekend in football by many, many people. Many people believe this is the best weekend in the NFL. So call to the show. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Let's transition to the AFC and let's talk about the Chiefs win over the Jaguars. The Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 20 for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence went 24 of 39. He threw for 217 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes on one leg. He went 22 of 30. He threw for 195 passing yards, two touchdowns. And Andy Reid became the second best coach in NFL history when it comes to the most playoff wins by a head coach. Bill Belichick has 31 playoff wins. Andy Reid, he has 20 now. That's tied with Tom Landry. So some great company for Andy Reid to be a part of. Here was Andy Reid after the game. One score games normally. So, um, it's a high, high percentage. And um, so you, you buckle it up for four quarters. We came with the mentality that we were going to have to play to the very end. And 
obviously we had a, some adversity through there with some injuries and, and stuff like that, but I was proud of the, how the guys responded and were able to figure out a way to get the win. Everybody's locked in right now. I think if you looked at that team out there, you saw everybody communicating uh, very well, uh, coach team on all three phases. And when we play like that, we give ourselves a really good chance of winning. Nobody expected us, the Jaguars, to be in this football game from the beginning of the season to today. And I just told them how proud I was of them for how they hung together all season long, how they how they battled, fought through a ton of adversity. Just equal parts crushed by the, the loss and that our season ends here and knowing how close we were. Um, and then on the, on the flip side, being proud of, of what we were able to do and accomplish and what we were able to overcome. We're going to learn from this. We're going to grow from this. And, uh, you know, our expectation is to be in these games every year. This won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us. So we'll be back. That was the Jaguars and the Chiefs in the media aftermath of the Chiefs 27 to 20 win over the Jaguars. So this win for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs was just another testament and another proof of evidence, I should say, that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. He was sensational in this game. On one leg, on one leg, Patrick Mahomes was able to wheel his football team to another win in the divisional round of the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, this was before his injury. He was 10 of 12, 77 passing yards, one touchdown. His pressure percentage was 54%. After his injury, he went 12 of 18. He threw for 118 passing yards. One touchdown, his pressure percentage was 16%. Patrick Mahomes was sensational on one leg in this game. Patrick Mahomes, even on one leg, is better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. This is why Patrick Mahomes here in a few weeks will be named the NFL MVP. This year, Patrick Mahomes, 41 touchdowns. 12 interceptions, 5,250 passing yards. He completed 67% of his passes this year. Patrick Mahomes is the undisputed best quarterback in the NFL. He's not only the best quarterback in the NFL, he's the best player in the NFL because he plays the most important position in the sport. Even on one leg, the Jacksonville Jaguars couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, he owns the divisional round of the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes is 5 and 0 in the divisional round of the playoffs, and he has 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, ladies and gentlemen, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Death taxes and the Chiefs getting to the AFC Championship game with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback are things that you can rely on in life. This dude gets it done time and time again. 
And for the longest, I made the argument that Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in the NFL because he won the MVP the last two years. It's not an argument anymore. Patrick Mahomes is the undisputed best quarterback in the NFL. Now, everyone's talking about this ankle injury and how it's going to affect Patrick Mahomes moving forward. Now, Patrick Mahomes had a similar injury in the 2019 season. He had an ankle injury, and it was against the Jaguars as well. And in the two games following his ankle injury, Patrick Mahomes was 2-0, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, averaging 409 yards passing per game. So even on a bum ankle, Patrick Mahomes is still better than 75% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. He was sensational in this game. But I got to show some love to the Chiefs defense in this game. Shout out to defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola of the Chiefs and that Chiefs defense. They did a great job in this game. Because I, I kind of got the feeling once Patrick Mahomes was injured, the Chiefs defense knew that they had to elevate their games to give their team a chance to win this game. I, I can't say enough about the job that Spagnola did with his defense. Sneed, Bolton, Frank Clark, Chris Jones up front, Carlos Dunlap. Defensively, the Chiefs, Defense showed up in this game. They really, really showed up. I thought overall they did a pretty good job against Trevor Lawrence and a good Jaguars offense. They did pretty good. So I got to give them some credit. Now, when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jaguars, they had a great season. They, they finished the regular season 9-8. and eight. They won the AFC South. Trevor Lawrence made strides. In his sophomore season, under Doug Peterson, we see the difference in coaching from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. It's a significant gap when it comes to head coaching in the National Football League. And we saw that with Trevor Lawrence in his play this season. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have a lot to build off of heading into next year. But I thought the Jaguars... They showed their youth in this game. They didn't execute very well, and they lost a turnover battle. I thought that's what was, was the key in the game because statistically, the game was honestly even. The Jaguars went 7 of 13 on third down. The Chiefs went 6 of 12. They had the same amount of rushing yards, 144 rushing yards. The Jaguars had 205 passing yards. The Chiefs had 218 passing yards. The Jaguars had 349 total yards. The Chiefs had 362 total yards. But I thought the difference in the game was the Chiefs won the turnover battle 2-0 to zero over the Jaguars. I thought that was the biggest difference in the game. And the Chiefs proved why they are a, a, a championship battle-tested football team, and the Jaguars are an inexperienced but very talented playoff team. That was the biggest difference in the game. That was the biggest 
difference in the game overall. I thought there were opportunities for the Jaguars to get back into the game and, and possibly upset Mahomes on one leg. There were, there were opportunities for the Jags, and they couldn't get it done. But they have a lot to build off of heading into next season. And one thing the Jaguars are going to have to do, they're going to have to improve that defense. I mean, they got to improve their defense. I mean, this year, I felt like that was, with their, that was their Achilles heel overall as a football team. We know offensively they got Trevor Lawrence. They got Travis Etienne. They got Christian Kirk. They got Zay Jones. They got Evan Ingram as well. But defensively, that was where they struggled. They gave up 365 total yards. That was ranked 23rd in the NFL. They gave up 239 passing yards per game. That was ranked 28th in the NFL. They gave up 43% of third down plays. That was ranked 29th in the NFL. So they have to get better defensively. That's where Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars have to improve on in the offseason. I think they're going to be the favorites in the AFC South heading into next year because I don't believe in Brian Tannehill and the Titans. I love Derrick Henry, but I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. I like Vrabel as a coach, but I don't like Tannehill as a, as a quarterback that can lead you to a Super Bowl or even AFC championship game. So I think the Jaguars will be the favorites heading into next season in the AFC South, but they got to improve defensively. They got to improve defensively. But just another day at the office for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and another AFC championship game appearance for the Chiefs. Again, death, taxes, and Mahomes having the Chiefs in the AFC championship games are things you can depend on. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys. Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to recap the Eagles 38-7 win over the New York Giants. I'll be right back. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. We're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Let's transition to the NFC, and let's talk about the Eagles' dominant performance over the Giants Saturday night at Lincoln Financial Field. It was a beatdown, ladies and gentlemen. The Eagles beat the Giants 38-7 to for the Giants. Daniel Jones, he struggled. He went 15 of 27. He threw for 200, or 135 passing yards, one interception. For the Eagles, Jalen Hurts went 16 of 24 he threw for 154 passing yards, two touchdowns. He also ran a touchdown in as well. Here is Nick Sirianni on Jalen Hurts 
after the game, giving him some high, high praise. Take a listen. To have him out there is like, I know this is high praise, but to have him out there is like having, uh, nah, I shouldn't even go there, but like he's having like Michael Jordan out there. Like he's your leader. He's your leader. He's your guy. He's your, like, like that's, hopefully that's the biggest respect I can pay to him uh, compare, comparing to his ability to being on the field uh, to, a, to a Michael Jordan type. Like this guy leads, he brings this calmness to the, to the entire team. He plays great football. Um, he's tough as, 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 as they come. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, there ain't nobody has played any better football than him this year. That was Nick Sirianni in his post-game press conference talking about his quarterback, Jalen Hurts. So my biggest takeaway in this game was Jalen Hurts, his shoulder is fine. He's good. I thought Jalen Hurts played great in this game. And I thought on the opening possession of the game, I thought Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles, they let it rip. One of the first plays of the game was a completion to Devontae Smith. And I said, oh, Jalen Hurts looks good. He looks like he is ready to rock and roll. And I thought the entire game, the Philadelphia Eagles, they proved why they were not only the best team in the NFC East, but the NFC overall. I thought the offensive line and the defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles dominated the New York Giants in the trenches. Seriously. I mean, the way that they were able to control the line of scrimmage in this game, that's something that I haven't seen in a while. Like, they completely dominated the line of scrimmage in this game. We can talk about all the skill position players, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel for the Niners, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, the we can talk about all the skill position players you want to. At the end of the day, this time of year, the teams who have good offensive lines and good defensive lines are teams that are still playing and competing for Super Bowls. That's where we're at in the season. And I thought in this game, the Eagles offensive line, I'm going to start off with them. I'm going to get to the defensive line here in a bit. The Eagles offensive line completely dominated the Giants' defensive line. You look at what the Eagles were able to do on the offensive line. I got five names. Center, Jason Kelsey. Right guard, Isaac Samala. Right tackle, Lane Johnson. Left guard, Landon Dickerson. And left tackle, Jordan Mailata. They completely took over this football game for the Philadelphia Eagles. They made it easy for Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts played well in this game, and the shoulder was not a problem at all. It was not a problem at all. Jalen Hurts in this game, he goes 16 of 24, very efficient, 154 passing yards, two touchdowns. But he was able to run the football as well. Nine carries, 34 rushing yards, average close to four yards per carry, one touchdown. Jalen Hurts played well in this game. 
And he was an MVP candidate throughout the regular season. 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 3,700 passing yards this year. I thought that Jalen Hurts needed to be great for the Philadelphia Eagles to have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. And that was the question that I had going into this game. Because I, I had the Eagles winning this game, but I had the game being close. I had the Eagles winning 27 to 24 because I didn't know how effective Jalen Hurts was going to be with that banged up shoulder. If I knew Jalen Hurts was going to be effective and his shoulder wasn't going to be an issue, I would have picked the Eagles to beat the Giants by way more than three points. I didn't expect him to, to be as, as effective as he was in this game. He was very, very effective. And this is Jalen Hurts as a starter this year. In the 2022 season, the Eagles are 15-1. and one. They averaged 29 points per game, 392 yards per game, 164 total rushing yards per game, and 34 touchdowns as an offense with Jalen Hurts as their starter. That includes the playoffs as well. Jalen Hurts is everything for this Philadelphia Eagles football team. And the only reason why I had questions about the Eagles coming into the playoffs was because he got injured. They started turning the ball over. They had injuries. And I just didn't know if they were going to be able to restart that engine once the playoffs started. And the Giants had all the momentum heading into this football game. They had all the momentum heading into this game. Daniel Jones played the best game of his career in the wild card game against the Vikings. I'm going to get to him here in a bit. But the Giants had all the momentum heading into this game. And the Eagles dominated this game start to finish. It was 28-0 at halftime. It was 28-0 at halftime. I, I, I left. I'm going to tell you, Saturday night, I, I was watching the Jaguars-Chiefs game in the 4 o'clock window, and then I said, okay, we're going to get an NFC East battle in the playoffs. Daniel Jones versus Jalen Hurts. Brand Dayball, who should be coach of the year, or at least in the conversation, right with Doug Peterson. We got Brian Dayball versus Nick Sirianni. Giants, Eagles, in Philly, Lincoln Financial Field on a Saturday night. I'm here for it. I left, I left at halftime. I left, I, I, I left and went out and, and, and got a chance to hang out with some friends. The game was over at halftime, ladies and gentlemen. It was over. And the Eagles were the significantly better team. They were the better team. And they had the most rushing yards in a playoff game. This was the second most rushing yards in an Eagles playoff game in franchise history. In 1949, they had 274 rushing yards against the Rams. They had 268 rushing yards against the Giants Saturday night. They completely dominated in the trenches. Jalen Hurts this year, 6-0 versus 2022 playoff teams, 3-0 this year against the Giants. But this Eagles defense also was elite in this game. They didn't give the Giants any sniff of hope to come back in this game at all. That Eagles defensive line dominated the Giants' offensive line. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrove, Josh Sweat, linebacker, 
TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, and then in the secondary, they got CJ Gardner Johnson. They got big play Darius Slay, Reed Blankenship. Defensively, this Eagles football team is one of the best defenses that we have in the NFL. They are led by defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, and I thought they were sensational in this game. And you look at what the Eagles defense has done. This is the most sacks in a single season in the last 40 years. In 18 games played in 1984, the Bears had 82 sacks. The 1985 Bears in 19 games had 80 sacks. The 2022 Philadelphia Eagles defensively, they have in 18 games, 75 sacks. 75 sacks. They had five sacks in this game against the New York Giants. So they have no weaknesses on this football team. Nowhere. That's why I'm so excited for the NFC Championship game. They have no weaknesses on this football team. Offensively, their receivers are loaded with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Their running backs with Sanders. They're good. Jalen Hurts is good. They got a tight end and Goddard, who's good as well. Defensively, they got C.J. Gardner, Johnson, Blankenship, big play, Darius Slay. Up front, they got Fletcher Cox. They got Brandon Graham, linebacker, T.J. Edwards. I mean, they are loaded. This Eagles football team is loaded. They have no weaknesses as a football team. None. So, uh, man, the NFC Championship game is going to be a great, great game between the two best teams in the NFC. We get the two best teams in the NFC. Now, when it comes to Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, Daniel Jones made strides this year. He, he played better this season compared to what he did in his first three seasons of his career. And it's funny because I, I had someone last week who commented on my video on the I believe it was the, the preview of the Giants-Vikings game. Someone said they don't want to listen to me anymore because I'm hard on Daniel Jones. This game right here specifically is an example as to why the Giants should be hesitant to give Daniel Jones a long-term contract and make him their franchise quarterback. Yes, Daniel J Jones made strides this year. He had arguably the best season of his career under Brian Dayball, but he only had 15 touchdown passes. 15 touchdown passes during the regular season. And he had a great performance against the Minnesota Vikings. But the Minnesota Vikings defensively have one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. So many quarterbacks, Mac Jones had a great performance against the Vikings. The quarterback for the Jets, I, I can't think of his name right now. The backup, Mike White, he had a great performance against the Vikings. The Vikings' pass defense is one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. So, yes, Daniel Jones had a great performance against the Vikings. But how much credibility does that have when it comes to making him your franchise quarterback? Look at the remaining quarterbacks in the divisional round. Just the divisional round, okay? 
Brock Purdy has played well for the 49ers. He's proven more in the playoffs in this short period than Daniel Jones already has. Dak Prescott is better than Daniel Jones. In the AFC, Trevor Lawrence, he's better than Daniel Jones. Mahomes and Burrow, we ain't going to talk about them. Josh Allen, he's better than Daniel Jones. So if I'm the New York Giants and I'm that organization, I am really, really thinking long and hard about giving Daniel Jones a long-term deal and making him my franchise quarterback. I'm not sure what the, what, what the situation is from a contract standpoint is, but I'm seriously trying to franchise Daniel Jones if I can. I'm, I'm definitely bringing back Saquon for sure. I thought Saquon this year had a great season. 295 carries, 1,312 passing yards, averaging over four and a half yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. You're going to need Saquon Barkley moving forward. He's the best player on this football team. Best player. Now, the Giants also need to improve with their receivers. They don't have no reliable number one receiver. I like what the receiver Hodges was able to do late in the season, but they need to go out and get a receiver that's a number one option. Richie James, he's okay. Slayton is okay. They need a number one receiver. Burrow has Jamar Chase. Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs. So you have to get Daniel Jones if you're going to make him your franchise quarterback. Moving forward, you got to get him a reliable number one receiver who was a game changer. That's what this that's what this Giants football team, they don't have that. They don't have that. So that was my biggest takeaway from that game. The Eagles were by far the better team. And the Eagles are the class of the NFC East. NFC East, they, they had a good year. They really, really did. Everyone made the playoffs but the commanders. But the Eagles are by far the best team in the NFC East overall. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. I'll be back on Thursday. I'm going to preview the AFC Championship between Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm also going to preview the NFC Championship between Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers and Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Trey Larkin signing off the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody, enjoy your Tuesday night. Have a good one. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.